0: Today, I have a very special guest on the Choose to Think podcast. And his name is Grace. He's currently, we're, we're chatting, he's in Uganda. And I'm here, of course, in the United States. And he has so graciously appeared to or agreed to appear on the podcast. And I know actually very little about Grace. So I'm so excited to ask some questions and just maybe get started from, from the very beginning. So Grace, thank you so much for agreeing to appear on the Choose to Think podcast. We really appreciate it.
1: Uh, thank you, thank you, Victoria, for having me, and I greet you all, our listeners, and I bless you, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Well, Grace and I met actually on Instagram, and I, I think that's—I think I'm telling it correctly. And he, I just—we just, just got to unpack everything here. So, Grace, if you could, first of all. Before we go into your ministry and some of the projects that your grassroots ministry is, is currently charging up, could you tell us just a little bit about you? Are you native-born Ugandan?
1: Uh, uh, thank you, Victoria. Uh, yes, uh, I am Ugandan by birth. and uh, I was raised and born in Uganda. I've never traveled outside Africa. Uh, although I've traveled in East Africa where I come from, uh, from uh, Kenya, I've traveled to Kenya, uh, Tanzania. So basically I'm a Ugandan and yeah, native Ugandan.
0: Can you tell us about your childhood, Grace? Is your family Christian?
1: I was born and raised uh, by, my, by a single mom, helped by uh, her grandmother, uh, my grandmother, by the, to her, it's the mother, and I didn't know much my father. So to her, she's a Christian, but I had my father wasn't a Christian, uh, because in you know in Africa or in Uganda in particular, we have what we call kingdoms, our traditions or the culture where we come from, and different cultures we have what the traditional faith that our grant Great, great ancestors used to practice that religion by then. And on the side of my father, uh, they are still practicing that same religion because they believe so much in the kingdom, uh, which is Buganda, uh, where I come from, uh, where I identify as a Muganda in Uganda. So, and because of Christianity, when it came into our family, you find that it brought about disagreements and separation. So we have cousins, brothers, where we don't connect and we don't talk because certain families decided to follow Jesus Christ and certain families started to follow the, uh, uh, the traditional way of doing things and religions of the, of the ethnic group where we come from. And this, uh, I remember uh, growing up, we used, to, we used to go to the village. And going to the village, because we are Christians, there are certain activities, norms, and traditions, things that they do when you arrive in the village. So they could make you drink certain things. They could make you uh, spell bread around your face and everything. So And I remember my mother used to tell me, don't go there, stay this side. So I'm, and in doing that, she didn't know that she was sowing a seed of hatred between families or between uh, brotherhood and sisterhood in our family, because from then we started facing a, um, persecution from our family members, and that, and that, due to that history, we are faced to go to another region. If you, I don't know if you know Uganda well, but we had, we had to, to to travel and and live where where, where where we used to stay by then. By then, we used to stay in Kampala we, we, with my father by then, so they separated ways, and my mother had to go to another region, if I may say in the States, they could say to another state. Uh, here, she had to travel to another district, which is called Mokono. Uh, so reaching there, we had to start a new life, uh, I had to... To stay and to be raised by these two strong women who knew Christ by then, but as a child, I cannot say that I knew Christ by then. But what I remember that my mother used to pray a lot, and my gran- and my grand and my grandmother, they used to pray and pray and pray and pray. And as we were growing up, and uh, my mother remarried by then, and the sad thing. As well, because by then I couldn't stay with my mother. I stayed with my grandfather, with my grand, with my grandmother. And my mother, she happened to get another husband, so who was not my father. So I I used to call him uncle. And in that process, I couldn't experience her love. So the only love I experienced by then, it was of the grandmother. That's... The the woman who stood with me in all those times, because in in Africa, we have a tendency that if your mother goes into a second marriage, she can't carry the kids from the previous marriage. So she had to let uh, she she had to leave me behind with a grandmother. So that's how my uh, background was. But uh, to cut the long story short, uh, uh, it was uh, the year of two thousand. Uh, Thirteen. That's when. Then the husband of my mother. Okay, I may say my uncle or stepdad died because of a heart disease. I may, He was a good guy, but in our tradition, I couldn't stay to their home because they had to have other. Uh, they, uh, they had uh three kids, which which I, I three children whom I I may say they are my cousin, uh, my siblings now because I relate so much with them than the the side of my father where, where, because my father also had to go into those things of, uh, you know, in our tradition, a man can marry any number of women, he feels like. So he went ahead and married other three women and they had kids. So it's rare that, and it's very difficult for me to connect with that side. So I focused much on my mother and this, uh, three uh, three cousins of mine that because we share certain things in common we share the love of these two women because up to now these are the women we have stood with the grandmother and and my mom so the loss of his uh, the the loss of uh, the loss of the husband she had also to come back to the to the house of because where I was staying because they couldn't afford the housing where they used to stay because the husband has gone. The husband had a complication. He had a heart disease. He had a wall, a hole in the heart. So she had to shift and come back to to the village where I was staying. So through growing up, through seeing that life as a young man in the house, because there were very many women, I was staying with four women and were only two uh two boys in the house. So I had to become a man at a very tender age that I had by you know, in Africa we don't use electricity, we don't use gas. So I had to go and get firewood. I had to look for firewood. I had to, to go to forests and, you know, uh to make to make ends meet so that we can have what someone can say so to cook something at, at home. But Doing all that, and these women, what I remember, they used to pray, to pray. I didn't know much, because for me, I was focused, I was asking a lot of questions, why is it that I was was asking? I remember at one point, I said, why why was I born alone? Because I I used to miss sisters and what. So when these three children came, which my mother had got from the, uh, the second marriage, they became brothers and sisters to me. I connected much with them, and from that day when they came, I said, "Father, I think these are the brothers I have been asking for I think these are these are the sisters I've been asking for and as uh, 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 at that age I reflected I said maybe my prayers have been answered but i was still uh, I still needed because I was still asking more and more, because the situation we are we we are in. Then was worse, and we had we needed a change. So I used to to go fetch the firewood in the morning before you go to school. Uh, I could live. I could go to the well get water. You could walk two kilometers uh, getting water because I'm a man now in the house. I have to make sure that these things are in place before I go to school. So going through all that process, I had to make sure that the basic needs that we needed at home were were provided, like firewood and water, so that when I come back in the evening, I could find maybe something like to eat, uh, food, or or anything, like college. In 2014, uh, this is the year when I, I was introduced to Jesus Christ, because all along I could see my... You know, as a kid, they can tell you about Christ, they can tell you about how God is beautiful, how God has done wonders. But if you look at the reality, if you look at the situation you are in, there are so many things that go within, that go through your your mind. You start questioning uh, the stream being there, to, telling you about how God is love, how God is beautiful. As a as, as a child, I used to question this. I used to question each and everything that they used to tell me, that why? That, if God really loved us, why why are we living this way? Why, 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 why are we lacking? And looking at all the uh, all the things in our community, the society where I come from, not that ever we are well-off in, uh, in the society, but we are the same where I come from. So we could go for miles, we could walk miles and miles, and then we ask, but if God really existed, our community couldn't be could be like other communities We could be like on the le- on the same same level we couldn't suffer we couldn't we could be enjoying life like other kids uh so i could I, I would say i didn't accept jesus christ when i was a kid until 2014 that's when i accepted christ and this is when i was at my university uh you may ask how did i get to the university but during the times when I used to go to school, I used to go to government schools and even church schools. I went to a Bishop Senior School, Mukono. That's a Christ, uh, that was a, a, an Anglican uh, secondary school, and uh, I was on the on the sponsorship. I was uh, I was I was given a scholarship uh, by the parish, the parish, the church, which was at the parish level uh to, to go and advance on my academics there. So after that, and then we asked started asking ourselves how we going to pay for the university. So in the year twenty fourteen, I applied at I applied in twenty thirteen. So the academic year twenty fourteen, that's when I started at my Bad enough I didn't get a scholarship then uh to advance at the university level, but the works, uh, the commitment, the persistence, because I had a dream to go to the best university in Africa, to the best university in East Africa, the university which has made history. So all along, I, I used to say that, Father, I have to go to that university. But when we used to sit uh, in the meeting before even applying, my grandmother would say, you know what, Grace, we don't have money, we don't have things. I think the best way to do things is maybe go to a vocational school. I think that's why we can afford and you learn electronics, you can maybe learn how to be a mechanic and, you know, Uh, so... But she could be telling me this. We could be sitting around the fire in uh, in the evening. And I could ask myself, I could not tell her, but I could ask myself within, uh, within me and I ask, but Father, I have a dream. I, yes, I know this is the reality. We don't have money. I can't go to the university. But this is what she's telling me. This is what my grandmother, she's telling me, that maybe you have to do this. Maybe you have... Try out something like this, and I say in my heart, I said no, no, no. I didn't listen to her, and that's the truth. I didn't listen to her. I was listening to the inner voice within me that I have. I will make you to the university. I will have to make it because I have to change the history. Funny thing, they have never by the by that time they had never received any degree in their family because they are on the generation curse. I heard that in the, the spiritual things, which they are praising and everything, and they are punishing them. They were punishing them for 25 years, 25 years. And surprisingly, in those 25 years, this is how they, they came to, to, to get me. So I, I, I had something, to, like I had a dream. I, had, I said, this has to start with me. I have to get this degree even if i don't connect with my family the other side even if i don't connect with anyone but i have to make a difference in this family it has to start with me it has to be me so and i didn't tell my grandmother when i was going to apply after telling me all that i said fine i went to to kampala Uh, i remember i told her i have to go to Kampala. i need to start working I went to Kampara. I didn't know anyone in Kampala, but I used to sleep uh, uh, on the streets. I, I used to because in the morning i I, I could go I, I remember I went to a certain building. it's called now it's called City House. It's in the middle of the town. I went there I met young men, young, young girls, young, young boys doing the receipt books. Uh, they could compile papers, make those receipts and everything. So I told one of the boy, you know, I'm new in town, but I would love to know. I would like you to teach me how you do, how you you do those receipts because I need something to eat. I need to to keep myself busy. I don't want to engage into any funny activities around. Good enough. Uh, the boy accepted. Uh, he taught me how to make those receipt books, and. Doing those receipt books, I, yes, we did. By then, there are so many illegal things happening in town. Young people were do, doing uh, drugs, we were doing so many things. But I thank God that I was focused. I thank God that I kept that dream because I remember even that day when I started uh, learning how to make a receipt book, there was a certain gentleman on the balcony where we used to stand because we couldn't afford the room. So we used to uh, line up on the on the balcony of the flat, and that's where we used to have like a small table and make the receipt books. And then we go to the supermarkets. We sell those receipt, receipt books there. So I remember certain gentleman told me on the second day of my arrival there that young man, you have come here. You are I heard you have dreams of going to Macquarie University, but I want to tell you this. Even these people who are teaching you how to make a reshape book, they have never gone to a university. Do you know, I asked him why. He told me, they also had dreams like you. They came talking much about academics and everything, but when they started drowning themselves in the business sector, the business world, their dreams were shut down. So I'm telling you, you're not going to go to the university. Focus here learn how to make a receipt book, start looking for clients, go to different places, market yourself and learn how to in my heart I was like, is this not the life I want to to live this is not the life I want my kids This is not the life I want my family uh to be in and I didn't say that much to him, but I remember I told the gentleman I know where I come from and I know where I'm going. This is this is not where my journey is ending. I've come here to it's like I told him I've come here to pay off some time that I organize myself and be somewhere in the next few, few years and years and years. So I thank God that man before he that gentleman before he died, he lived to see that I went to the university and I finished. And when in the same year, I don't, 20, 2014, twenty twenty fourteen, like I said, it's, uh, like when I, like after you know, after talking to that gentleman, things went on well, six months I started making some good money. It's the same money I used to go to the university to apply. You know, I applied. So in the newspaper, my grandmother, when she the, when they announced, you know, in Uganda when the university announces people who have been admitted to the university They publish in the newspapers. So when my grandmother, and some people in town saw my name in the newspaper, so they had to send a newspaper to my grandmother and they told her, we see your grandson in the paper, he's going to the university. So I remember my grandmother sent someone to town to call me back home and I went, I, I remember over, it was a Friday. I say, I said to my colleagues, you know what? This weekend I'm not going to be around. I have to go back to the village. They are calling me. So I knew why they were calling me. They are calling me about the university thing. So I went back home. My grandmother asked me, she didn't quarrel, she didn't say much. She was like, I've seen you are really committed to go to the university. And she asked me a question Are you ready? are you willing to contribute to your academics? That was the question she asked me. So in my heart, I was like, yes, yes. Because I used to call her, yes, mother. Yes, mother, I'm ready. I'm ready and I feel I will make it. I know I will make it. She was like, fine. Because for her, she's so, she's a prayerful woman. She said, God has seen us through so many things. And I know even is going to see us through this. So if you are ready and you are really committed, I would like you to contribute half of your tuition. I don't know how you're going to make it, but I heard you have started working in town. So I'll I'll look for the half of the tuition and you look for the second half of the tuition. In my heart, I was like, thank you, Jesus. This is a good start. So she tested me. She said, so how much do you have at hand? Because the next month you'll be starting at the university. Good thing I had made some savings when I started. I was on the streets. I needed something bigger than me, bigger than me in life. Uh, Something that really, something that can, something I can hold on. And in the same year, many things happened in that year. And in that same year... I said, Jesus, I welcome you, and I want you to be my way. And that's the year I read Jeremiah 29-11, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, where he says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to bring you hope, plans to give you a future. And I'm like, God, if you know me, Grace, if you knew me that, I, I think you are taking me somewhere bigger. So in my university, I used to to quote it as scripture, uh, Jeremiah 29:11. I could walk. I, you know the plans. You have the the plans to give me hope. Plans to prosper. I could ask God, Father, you know me. You are are the best planner, plan for me at the university. So through that university, I didn't know that what I was, because I started speaking good news to people, to students in the lecture rooms. And I didn't know that I was preaching by then. I didn't know that I was telling them something that contributed or something that really transformed so many young people at the university. I didn't know what I was doing. Me or I could just sit down with a friend, like after the discussion, I could tell them, you know what? Um, I don't have much, but I have what they call Jesus. So I I started doing that at the university. I started opening up people because, trust me, the day I accepted Christ, because I accepted him when I'm at the university, the day I accepted Christ, things changed. I started seeing Jesus working. This stress, this depression, this lacking mentality, these things that things are not going to work out, started changing. That's the time when I knew that all along, all my childhood, I had someone watching over me. I had someone providing. You know, there are so many things that come our way, things that have tested us, but they make us bigger the storm that i went through in my childhood prepared me for the life that i lived on street prepared me because even the street life that i lived also prepared me it prepared me for the university life but i could stand uh, among students in the lecture room and i tell them good news about christ i couldn't do that uh, i couldn't do that in my primary. I couldn't do that in my secondary. But the life, the challenges that I went through, I thank God even now, up to now, I thank God that I went through what I went through because I couldn't be who I am today. Or even I couldn't have faced, like I couldn't have accomplished the little things I've accomplished in my life because they're really Big in our family. To other families, they couldn't. But in my family, where I am, even if the other people have not yet opened up to Christ, they praise me. If I, they don't hear, or they even if they hear, because I've been published in the papers, I've been published about projects that I've done in the newspapers. Whenever they see Grace Julia as somebody in the newspaper, <laughs> they, they, they are proud, and I couldn't do that without Christ. You know, the easy way how God takes us through situations. All my life was like, it was, all my life, the stages, uh, the events that happened through the walk, through the things that I did, it was God. It was God trying to test me. And that also opened Opened me up to Job, the, in the Scripture. If you read the Scriptures, how God is, how Job's life was. I may mean, say, me going through that lacking, me going through those, those walking long distance to school, me living on the street, me doing. what, It shows you that He has made you a soldier. Sometimes I call myself a soldier, like I fight for God, I fight for the Word. But non-physically, but spiritually, because there is no situation. There is nothing like storm right now. Can I've seen the worst. I always tell people, what worst thing can always happen to you, apart from lacking? You know, this basically needs will always be there. But the moment you know how to survive, and the only way to survive is through God. And that was the message I was telling students. Yes, true, I used to lack tuition at the university. But mercifully, gracefully, I didn't know how things would work out. My grandmother could get a half. These students could even contribute. The students I used to talk to, you find a student who used to study with older people, you know, people who have have aged in, yeah, who are older than us. and They know your story and they contribute a half and you're like, wow, God, it's you. And I remember in my final semester, I had failed to raise my half. It was a lecturer lecturer, I didn't I didn't even say much. I just went to him. I told him, sir, you know what? I have a problem. I have this amount of money liking on my tuition, but I was hoping if you could help help me and maybe give me a loan. Even if it, I up to now I tell people it was God who talked to that gentleman. He just held my hand and told me grace, let's go to the bank. He went, he withdrew. The money he had there, and said, "Add on your tuition, go, so that you sit your final exams." Sometimes there are those small things which happen in our lives, and we don't know, and we and we don't acknowledge them. But I may say my life has been uh, full of miracles, and my life is a testimony in general, because me I can't underlook those small things. At that moment, at that particular hour, when I walked towards that lecturer, we used not to talk much, but just speaking to him three, three to four words that I don't have this, and he said yes. In my heart, I was like, it's Jesus. It's not, it's not me. <laughs> Who am I to be given that man? So my life and finishing the university it was also a miracle. It was outstanding in our family. And up to now, they're still talking about that degree in our family. So from there, that's when the grassroots ministry started. That's how I can say my life is full of grassroots, because we are working and we are dealing with the grassroots people. Even my work, you know, I I said that we used to do illegal things, uh, papers. We're known for big people, young people who wanted to get opportunities in government work. But we didn't know how to help, but the only way to help, that's how we knew how to help. It's like a friend of mine used to say that he could go and do still and provide for families. But in that particular time, moment, that's how we could help out a friend. So all my life has been a grassroots movement, grassroots movement, all. So that's how we come up with a grassroots ministry that for us, we don't, We go into communities, we go into households, we go into families and talk the good news there. And we don't only stop at talking the good news, but we give, we show God his love by giving the word and giving out on families that like best kids. Because we don't have like a church now, our church, it's in the homes where we go to. It's in those people, those children on the streets that we go and preach. We don't just take the gospel there, but we take with us something to eat, something they can wear, something that they can put on. And we say, God has blessed you with this shirt. God has blessed you with this meal. That's how grassroots ministry came about. And that's in brief, in summary, I may say that that's my story. And that's how my story leads to to the ministry that I'm doing right now, to where I am. I know I've not yet reached where I'm supposed to be. Uh, I'll tell much about the ministry, but I was still sharing about my life, how my life and how I come about the, the, uh, the ministry.
0: Thank you for sharing, Grace Julius, This remarkable story. And I appreciate your testimony. You're sharing your testimony. I had a few questions along the way, but I did not want to interrupt you as you were describing things and sharing with us. If you could bridge the gap, I may have missed this, between your graduation and starting or launching grassroots ministry? Was that something you did by yourself, or were there other people involved in that? How did you get from after graduation to grassroots ministry?
1: 2015, 2016, that's when grassroots started. By then, it was not registered, and we were just doing things as grassroots, like you could say. Uh, we, I could say Victoria, are you, are you free over the weekend? You could say yes. Uh, Jimmy, are you free over the weekend? So I could get uh, my classmates in the, in, the, in the lecture room, and I tell them that over this weekend, can we go to a certain community somewhere? Can we go and fellowship with a certain home, and we give them good news? Uh, because in Uganda, there are those grassroots, uh, there are those communities at the grassroots that have. I've never even, like, I've never visited town. They don't know how town looks like. They don't know how, um, uh, they have never, like, they have never stepped out of their uh, uh, district. They are even village, they are already there. So for us, we, we say, like, in that group, like, on Friday, I could organize and tell them, this time around, let's go to that village. Let's go bless these people. Let's go to them. Let's take town and Jesus to them. So that's where that's how it started. It started in 2015, 16, but not officially Just out there, we are just doing works volunteer with uh, with people. I share the same vision with. We go over the weekend. We bless the family. We could do so many things over that weekend, and in doing so, I remember the first time we did that with a certain group of uh, friends. They really loved it. Some friends of mine have never seen such homes, someone liking, someone without shoes, someone without... And here at the university, people could throw away clothes, people could, could throw away things. So in that process, so many young people felt, you know, they're, they're like, I was opening up. I was, For them, they were really making a tour, but me, I was really reaching out, I was taking good deals to people who needed it. And in that process, we blessed so many families, and that's how grassroots started. And after the university in 2017, when I graduated, uh, I just relocated, I moved away from town, I went to Mokono, back to, 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 to my village, and I said, I need to transform this home, this home earlier, I need to do something. You know, uh, if if you can even go go, Mokono is, uh, Mukono district where we can, like which is my village has so many things to do with witchcraft, traditional way of doing things. So we are at war. we really want to transform this family. there's a lot of witchcraft uh, in, in this home district and I think it was God who who, told, who gave us this purpose who gave us this uh, mantle to go into that district. Uh, and uh, that's how it started, and and that's how work started. So after the university, I didn't go into the work world like to look for work. No, I just went into ministry. The late into ministry, and that's where we we have been, and that's where we are. we're still placed and blessing other people.
0: So, Grace Julius, can you tell me about the Unwoke magazine?
1: The Unwoke magazine uh, is a Christian. Uh, inspirational magazine and it has just started during COVID but by then we used to to do inspirational things on the community level we could write on the we could introduce like we could go in schools and write scriptures uh, to remind people uh, to inspire students to inspire uh, people at the community level we could write simple verses we could encourage students to write their stories to inspire other students. And in this way, we could combine so many things. We could combine uh, the word of God and even the way of life because we could combine even the drugs. You know, in our schools, young people are using drugs. So we could also use the word to go and preach the good news so that young people can live those things of using drugs, live a sober life, uh, to be... To be citizens with a purpose uh, to transform their community that drugs are harmful so we wanted to attach value we wanted to do things that transform communities and develop them but at the same time at the same time developing them in the earthly perspective and in the godly perspective so we are doing two things at a go so unlock magazine by then was inspire you know as young people, we may say, I'm born again today. I can say, I can say, I welcome Christ into my life. And tomorrow, you can sort backslide. Other than falling forward, most of the young people in Uganda, they just backslide and they forget about Christ. So, the reason why Unwalk magazine had to come in place was to inspire and to encourage those fallen soldiers of Christ, those foreign people that who lack hope who need that hope, to, who need the daily reminder that they are not alone. Sometimes being alone, being lonely, it's, there's a way how it contributes in our contribution towards community or society. So Anok Magazine reminds people, reminds communities. So during this COVID, many people You know, COVID in Africa, it has really changed the way we do things. At first, we didn't know much about the internet, but COVID has let us embrace the technology, the innovations and everything. So that's during COVID, we started to go online. And we are like, wow, young people, so many young people now rushing online and what. So we decided to launch the online magazine of Unwalk Magazine to target the... The university students, to target the people in the community. Basically, everyone whose soul is falling, we are just like a reminder. We are looking for those ones who are sick. Like the way Jesus said in the scriptures, I've come for those who are sick. I've not come for the righteous. It's like we're not looking for those ones who are ready or killed. Okay. This magazine is meant for those ones who think they can't handle life alone they need someone so we it was started just to do that purpose to make feel to help people grow to go through situations that they are fighting situations that they have uh, challenges they are battling with and if you go through our articles in the magazine you'll find out that people share their experience people share their story you can find that you're not alone in that situation so it's like a reminder to give you hope, to give you courage so that you can live and see tomorrow and also bless other people. We believe that stories can transform. Storytelling is one of a powerful weapons that we can use to win souls for the heavenly kingdom and also transform people's lives here on earth and do better for our communities and for our planet Earth.
0: For folks who would like to subscribe to the Unwoke magazine or get in touch with you somehow to find out about some of your projects with Grassroots Ministry, where can they contact
1: you? Unwokemagazine.org. That's where all information is. Even Under the Unwoke magazine, that's where you'll find the ministry uh, page. And if you want to get involved, people who want to even come to Uganda to do ministry, you can send us a mail there through the unworkmagazine.org. Uh, through you can write to the editor, you can write to the ministry directly, or you can check out our Facebook pages, our social media platforms, and send in people who want to get involved, people who want to pray, people who want to to get to create a community worldwide. Unwork and gospel ministry is welcoming them through that website. You can access all the information you need. Or drop us an email at uh, grassrootsministry at gmail.com or unlockmagazine at gmail.com.
0: Was that a little goat I heard in the background?
1: Yes, yes, I'm in the village.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. I've been I've been listening to some of the sounds and I thought, I know that doesn't sound like a baby, but it sounds like a little goat.
1: It was a goat. We have some goats around that
0: that is so awesome i i still have a lot of questions but our time is short and i i just so appreciate having you share a little bit about your story and you're right storytelling and sharing our testimony is exactly how we overcome in this life and well it's one of the keys anyway and i i really appreciate you you've just opened the window a little bit in my mind and I'm sure in my listeners' minds about what what it's like to grow up in Uganda, to be there, the challenges that you have faced, how you've overcome so much is such an inspiration in and of itself. I love your grandmother. Is she still living?
1: Yes, she is. She is. She is. I will share with you some pictures of hers with you when she's dressed well. You'll see her. She's still living. I'm surprised she's I so healthy, very healthy. She's a healthy uh, woman because uh, she works out. She, uh, okay, her job, what she does, she, she, she works on this sewing machine. Is it called a sewing machine? Yeah, she, she, she's, she learned that in uh, early 90s. And she was, has she been one of the people contributing to their community, making clothes and dresses for fellow women. And she loves uh, empowering other women. So I've learned much from her. She's a prayerful woman, and she's still living. She's still there. That's she-
0: wonderful! What a, what a blessing! And I have a feeling that I need to have you on the podcast again, maybe in a year or so, and we'll just see how how far things have advanced and and what's going on with you there. But you've you've really opened the window in our minds to just a different experience and i've kind of got to step back and rethink some of my my thoughts look at all my notes because you've given me so much information i feel like it's just been a fire hose coming on me a little bit and i have so many questions but um and and, you know that's my rico you have goats i have rico here he is this (laughs) is rico the morgue my little puppy well he's not a puppy but yeah. Anyway. Um, so thank you so much for your time and thank you. I, I can't wait to promote this episode and, and just to share with the world, everyone on social media and all these outlets, exactly who you are, your story, your ministry. I love that. We're going to chat about your grandmother too, and share some about her. So thank you so much, Grace Julius for appearing on the show.
1: Thank you, Victoria, for having me on a I really want to thank God who has made this happen. I couldn't do much either. Maybe like you're saying that you would like to host me another time. I think that's when I'll share much in detail about the ministry because I've not gone into that and because we are out of time. But I really bless the Lord that He has made us this happen because sometimes the internet isn't good, but the way I see things, I think it is really, really good today. And I thank that and I place his name for that. And I really thank you, Victoria, for coming up with this uh, initiative. It's really, really amazing reaching out. And really, it has really empowered. And I thank God who connected me with you. And I thank the listeners who have really given time also to listen to your podcast. It's really amazing how God can connect words and really change lives around the world.
0: And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. My goodness, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. And say, if you'd like to get in touch with Grace Julius... Come on over to the Fired Up Mind and Choose to Think podcast community on Facebook. He's right there. So, and I'm sure he would love to chat with you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'm going to make sure to drop all the links all about Grace Julius' his ministry in the show notes. And I appreciate your being here so much. God bless you. Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.